Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Nahmadu, when a stain of one is the Ferro, when not Minubi, when a Tawakalu Ali, when I would be Lahiman Shuru and Fusina, women say at Amalina. May Hadi Allah who fell a modilla, or may you live who fell a hadiella. When a shadow and la ilaha illallah who are the Hula Sheri Kala, when a shadow and Muhammadan Abduhu or a solo. Amma Bad, Kala Subhanahu, Fikitabi Karim. بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا تقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون وقال الله سبحانه وتعالى في مكان الثاني يا أيها الذين آمنوا تقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطيع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما صدق الله العظيم إن شاء الله إن Today's khutbah, I will talk about a couple of examples from the seerah of Rasulullah and connect those examples to our lives from the angle of the thing that can make us a confident Muslim. A Muslim who is confident about his deen, him being a Muslim, and he is unapologetic to be a Muslim. And when he goes out among the Muslims or non-Muslims, he is proud to be a Muslim. What is it that can make us unapologetic, proud Muslim? Is the full conviction in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that what we are following is the haqq. And it is not I'm following because my parents have been following this deen, or all the people around me, they were following this deen, and if I don't follow the deen, then there will be a peer pressure over me. Rather, we follow this deen because this is the haqq, this is the truth, and nothing else. And that conviction has to be within us. Nobody else can give us this conviction but ourselves. When we look at the seerah of Rasulullah wasallam, we find a couple of examples, and we see the impact of the Qur'an on Muslims and non-Muslims alike. But the decisions made by the people who become Muslim was different than the one who even knew that the message was haq, but they rejected it. In the time of Rasulullah there were the leaders of the Quraysh who were enemies of Rasulullah And by the way, when Rasulullah was appointed as the Prophet, during that time among the Meccans, there were people who were following different religions already. Yes, 
The dominant one was idol worshipping. But there were people in the, in the Arabian Peninsula who were Jews, who were Christians, who were Sabians, who, the people who declined all sorts of religions, became not believing anything. And there were people like, people like Zayd bin Amr bin Mufail, who rejected idol worshipping. And he said, he believed in the Rabb of Ibrahim alayhi salam, but he doesn't know how to worship Allah, because he did not have the message yet. Or there were people like Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu People like Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, prior to he accepted Islam, they already rejected idol worshipping. Abu Bakr and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, they never worshipped idols. Even before Islam, before Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam was appointed as a prophet. They never did. And the Meccans had pretty much no problem with having all these religions around them. But the very same Meccans, they became very harsh when Rasulullah was appointed as a prophet. What did Muhammad bring that made them so harsh towards him? Physically, mentally, psychologically, whichever way you want to look at it. That was La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. That there is nobody or there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, looking at the society at that time, we see the people had about 360 gods in the Kaaba at that time. 360 gods in, in the Haram that they were worshipping. And by the way, they never declined worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being the Rabb. They accepted. Allah azza wa mentions in the Quran in words like the meaning is like this, that if you ask them, who created heavens and earth, they will say Allah. So the concept of Allah did exist. When we talk about the Rububiyyah, that who is the Rabb, who is the creator of the heavens and the earth, they understood it was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That was not a problem for them. When it comes to really worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is where the biggest problem came in. And this is where they started making partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But among the leaders of the Quraysh, we find people like Abu Jahl ibn Hisham, Akhnas bin Shuraiq, Abu Sufyan. These three were among the big leaders of the Quraysh, and they were very harsh towards Rasulullah Abu Sufyan, he became Muslim later on, but Akhnas bin Shuraiq and Abu Jahl, they died in the state of Kufr. And they knew what Rasulullah was a haq, to the point, they would go separately. None of those three would know among each other that they were going to listen to Rasulullah reciting Quran. The first night they went there, not knowing the others are there as well, and they were listening to the Quran, Rasulullah was reciting in his house, and when the day was coming and they were returning and they bumped into each other. And they asked each other what was going on, and they said, if this is our status, that we are attracted to this kalam Allah, can you imagine about the rest of the, the people who are just the followers? What's going to happen to them? So they say, okay, we're not going to come again. Next night, same thing happens. Third night, same thing happens. And now they decide, no, we are not going to do this again. So now, they are very well aware of That's the point I'm trying to make. They were aware of it that Rasulullah was the haq, but they rejected. Similarly, an example of Utbah bin Rabi'ah, one of the leaders of the Quraysh. And one time, 
the leaders of the Quraysh gathered and they wanted to stop the message Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was spreading. And they said, how can we stop this message of the Muhammad sallallahu what he is doing? So Abba bin Rabi'ah, he said he will go and he will talk to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And he went to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi and he said, we have seen no other man of Arabia, Arabian Peninsula, who has brought so great calamity to a nation as you have done. He's talking to Rasulullah sallallahu by the way. You have outraged our gods and the deen, and you talk about our forefathers in a negative manner, that they have done all the wrongs. And you have left no stone unturned to estrange the relations with us. If you're doing all this with a view of getting wealth, we will join together to give you the greater riches than anyone in the Quraysh. If ambition moves you, we will make you the, our chief. We will make you the chief. That's not a problem. If you want a woman, we'll get the most beautiful woman for you. Until he continues on, and Rasulullah said, have you said all whatever you had to say? And he said, and then he said, okay. He said, yes, and Rasulullah started reciting Surah Al-Fusilat. He said, Hamim Tanzilum min Rahman Rahim, Kitabun Fusilat, Ayatu Quran and Arabian Likomi Alamun. Allah is saying in these ayat, a revelation, Hamim, a revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the most beneficent, the most merciful, a book whereof the verses are explained in detail. And the Quran in Arabic for the people who know, and they continued on reciting until. He was reciting for in Aradu Fakul Andar Tukum Sa'iqata Mithla Sa'iqati Adi wa Thamud. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying here, but if they turn away, then O Muhammad Sallallahu I have warned you of a Sa'iqa, a thunderbolt that destroyed Adi wa Thamud. And the Arabs were very well aware of these two nations of Adi and Thamud. The nations to whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent and Salih alayhi salam. And one Utbah heard these ayat. He rushed towards Rasulullah and he put his hand on the face of Rasulullah and he said, Stop it, Muhammad. As if this punishment is about to descend on the Meccans. He, can, he, can, he, he, he felt it that it's going to happen to the, uh, the, the, the Meccans and he stopped Rasulullah don't recite more. And he was really impacted even though he came to stop Muhammad. From spreading the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and now he himself has been impacted. He goes back to the Makkans, the leaders, and they could tell from his Utbah's face, this is not the same person who went towards Muhammad. And they started rebuking him because Utbah was saying, Leave him alone. If he's successful, we will be part of the success. If he's destroyed by the others, that's no problem for us anymore. And then they started ridiculing Utbah, and Utbah basically gave up on that, and he did not go towards Muhammad's deen anymore. But here, the point I'm trying to make here is, this person, he was aware of that the haq was there, but he rejected. As Allah subhanahu wa mentions in another place about Rasulullah that how they recognize him, they, they know Muhammad this was about the Yahud and Ahlul Kitab, but they were aware of that he was the messenger of Allah, but they rejected him. They know him how? They know him as they recognize their own sons, but they, still they did not accept it. On contrary to that, you see another example. And the other example is the example of Umar al-Khattab radiallahu anh. 
before Islam, he was also one of the staunch enemies of Muhammad sallallahu and Islam. Wherever, whenever he had control, he would go and harm those people who accepted Islam. To an extent, he had a female slave, he would beat her up to the point that he would get tired of beating her up because she became a Muslim. And he continued on like that and he would sit, sit back and say, I'm taking a rest, I'm not leaving you alone. Once I take my breath, I'll come back to you again. This is the way Umar al-Khattab was. Not only that, even at one point, one of the Sahabiyya, Umm Abdullah bin Tihantama, radiallahu anha, she says that we were going, we were leaving Mecca. We got sick of all the hardship that we were facing, and they were migrating to Habasha. And while they were migrating, on the, they were leave, about to leave, Umar came. And Umar came and he asked him, are you leaving, oh, um, uh, um Abdullah? And she said, I said, yes. You have persecuted us and oppressed us, and by Allah, we are going out in the land of Allah until Allah grant us victory or a way out. Umar says, Sahibakumullah. May Allah accompany you. And this is strange. Coming from a person like Umar, who was so tough against the Muslims. So, Umm Abdullah, he was talking to another Sahabi when he came back, Amr ibn Rabia, and she said, This is what Umar said. And Amr ibn Rabia radiallahu an, he said, It seems like you think Umar has a soft spot towards Islam or towards the Muslim. And his statement is still written by many of the historians. He said, La yuslimu hatta yuslima himarul khattab. Subhanallah. He said, He will not accept Islam, talking about Umar, and even until the donkey of Khattab, his father, will become a Muslim. This is how they used to think of Umar al-Khattab radiallahu anhu al-Faruq, about whom Rasulullah said, if he takes a path, shaitan will go away from that path. He was, shaitan was scared of Umar al-Khattab radiallahu anhu. But what made him like that? It was Islam. It was the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And prior to Islam, he was referred as who? He's even worse than the, khat, the donkey of Khattab. Subhanallah. So how did Umar became like the way he was. But let's continue on his story so we get an idea of it, inshallah. So same way as Utba went to Rasulullah Now Omar one time was sitting with the leaders of the Quraysh. And they're still talking about all the bad, trying to say bad things about Rasulullah and Islam. How Islam has come and Muhammad has, has come and he is, is creating the rifts among the people. So Omar said, okay, I'll go, I'll take care of this guy from... This, this deen from the root. I'll go and kill Muhammad sallallahu This is what Umar al-Khattab said. And while he was on his way, with his sword in his hand, he meets his uh, cousin, Nu'aym bin Abdullah, radiallahu He met him, and Nu'aym asked him, he saw he's going angry, let's see what's going on. He asked him, well, what are you up to? And Nu'aym said, today I am going to, well, I'm sorry, Umar said, today I am going to uproot Islam, from the, uh, from the roots. I'll go and kill Muhammad Sallallahu That's what uh, Omar said at that time. Now, this Sahabi, he said, let's divert Omar's attention somehow. Even though he was taking a risk for his, uh, the sister of Omar and the husband of uh, uh, the, 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 Omar's sister. He said, you want to go kill him? Why don't you just go and check your own family, your own sister and your brother-in-law? They have accepted Islam. So now Omar, 
He is angry towards Rasulullah sallallahu sword in his hand, instead of going Muhammad towards Muhammad sallallahu now he changes his direction towards his sister's house. He knocks at the door, and he heard something, some people are talking. And Khabbab bin al-Arq, he was teaching Quran to the Fatima bin Khattab, the sister of Umar bin Khattab, and her, and her husband, Sa'id bin Zayd, radiallahu So, the Khabbab, he, he hid away when he found out Umar is at the door, he knocked at the door. And uh, the sister opened the door and she could tell Umar is in an angry mood. So she asked him, and Umar asked, have you become Muslim? Basically he straight out asked this question. And, uh, and when, uh, basically their answer was not right away, yes. But they said, even if we did, so what? And Umar got angry, he started beating up his brother-in-law. The Arabs and the Daisies and all those cultural people, we know how where the brother-in-law goes. You don't go and start beating up your brother-in-law and sit on his chest and start beating him up. And while he's beating him up, the sister approached him and tried to pull Omar away and he pushed his sister away. And the result was his own sister started bleeding, her face started bleeding. Now, she was also the daughter of Khattab, don't forget that. She's a sister of Omar. Even though, even though Umar is a tough guy, so his sister is not less than Umar al-Khattab either. So she starts screaming at Umar, that yes, so we become Muslim, we are worshipping one Allah, what's the problem with that? So when Umar saw his sister is bleeding and talking like this, he calmed down. He said, okay, give me that what you were reading. And now the sister, subhanAllah, she's, she's intelligent. So she said, you are a najis. Look, there's a fight going on, and she said, you are a najis. You are impure. We cannot give you what we have. Because only the Tahir person, a pure person can touch it, what we have. So now, he comes, he said, okay, what do you want me to do? So she, go, he go, she says, go do the ablution. That calmed him down more. Now when he come back, she gave him the parchments that they hid away from him. That was basically from Surah Taha. And it was given to him that this is what we were reading. And now Umar al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, he started reciting Taha ma anzalna alayka al-Quran al-Tashqa illa tazgirata liman yakhsha tanzila mimman khalaqa al-Arda wa samawati al-Ula So now, this is what he started reading. Remember that when Umar al-Khattab was reciting the Quran or even Utbah was listening to the Quran, Abu Jahl was listening to the Quran, or Akhnaz bin Shuraik was listening to the Quran, or Abu Sufyan was listening to the Quran, and they were impacted because it was revealed in their language. It was, they understood it right away what the book was saying. Hence, Omar right away changed by reciting these ayah. And he realized that this is the haq. And the switch was turned on for him. And right away, his response was, how to become a Muslim and do the same thing what you are doing now. He was not like that, yes, mashallah, good job, keep growing. <laughs> no, if it's good, it's something good, this is the haq, this is the truth, that I want to be part of it. I want to talk about that. And now, he was directed to Muhammad sallallahu where he was at. And prior to Umar al-Khattab, Hamza became Muslim like three days before, radiallahu anhu. When Omar went there, he still had his sword hanging around his neck. And when he knocked at the door, Sahaba saw Omar is at the door. From the crack of the door, they saw it was Omar. They backed away. <laughs> Even the Sahaba, the strong ones. They backed away, oh, Omar is at the door. 
So Hamza radiallahu anhu was there. He said, so what? So what if Umar is there? If he's here with the bad intentions, we will, we will wipe him out with his own sword. That was Hamza radiallahu anhu, another tough sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And don't forget, Umar was a big guy. Some of the reports talk about it, that when he, sit, when he sat on the horse, his feet would drag on the floor. So he was not a small guy, Umar radiallahu anhu. So he was a big guy. But at the same time, Hamza was not less than him either, when it comes to the strength. Now Hamza radiallahu anhu, he opened the door, and now he entered, and Rasulullah grabbed him from, his, from, the, from the upper garment. And he asked him, what are you up to? And Umar responded that he was there to accept Islam. And at that time, the Sahaba, they did the takbir Allahu Akbar, and Rasulullah was pleased with the acceptance of Umar al-Khattab because he actually made the dua prior to Umar al-Khattab accepted Islam. And the dua as mentioned was Allahumma aizza al-Islam rajlain. O Allah, give the strength to Islam from one of these two men. Hadain rajlain ilayk bi from either from Abu Jahl or, or Umar al Khattab. The one Allah loves more, and we know the result. The one Allah loved more was Umar bin Khattab. So, Umar bin Khattab, the one who was referred as he would not accept Islam even until the donkey of Khattab will accept Islam, now he becomes Al Farooq, the one who distinguishes between the Haq and the Batil. That Umar bin Khattab radiallahu anhu told Rasulullah s.a.w. Ya Rasulullah, aren't we on the haq? When he accepted Islam, he just accepted Islam now. And he said, if we are on the haq, why are we here hiding here? Why don't we go out openly and talk to the people? And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he made two rows. One headed by Hamza, other headed by Abu, uh, Umar bin Khattab radiallahu anhu. And they made that tawaf of the Kaaba. And re- reciting ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And letting the people know the strength of Islam at that time. Umar did not say, go to a madrasa, Al-Azhar University, Medina University to graduate first, and after that find a job that will pay him at least over 100,000, and then I'll talk about Islam to the people. And I would not talk about Islam unless people pay me. Aren't many of the scholars out there who will be doing only the service if they're paid for? I personally know many of them. And there are places I would go and they would offer me money also. Go brother, this is the money you should take for the talks that you're giving. I don't want to undermine the brothers, for example, to be very clear. The brothers who spend all their life, this is what they call, that's all they do. Of course they have to have a way of earning. Because they are not working to, to provide services to the people. That's a separate issue. But in general, even for them, if they would not speak until they are given the money, there's a problem. The prophets were sent to the mankind. They were not expecting any other except from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's the way we should think of ourselves also. Because that's for example what we have. Now why am I bringing these two, why was I bringing these two examples? The example of Umar bin Khattab, Udba bin Rabia, or the other rest of the kuffar who rejected even though they knew the haq. And now Umar al-Khattab, he accepts Islam, and right away, 
He wants to do things that other Sahaba have not even done yet. And that made him different than other Sahaba also. So for us, especially living on the campus, surrounded by many people who are not Muslim even, and when we are approaching to them, we are living among them. How are we behaving? Are we the one who are hiding our Islam? Are we the one who do not want the others to know we are Muslims? Or are we the one not only others to know about Islam, but we want to convey the message of Islam because this is the truth. This is the truth that has to be conveyed to the mankind. Because we are accountable for that. Are we confident for that or not? And for that conviction, or that confidence, we have to accept Islam because this is the right way. And for that, we, we have to go back to the basics of Islam, why we are Muslims. And answer these questions, that we are Muslims because we know this is the haqq. This is the truth. It's not because people around us, they are telling us, they are Muslim, so I'm Muslim, or I'm born in a Muslim family, so hence I am a Muslim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, لَوْ أَنزَلْنَا هَذَا الْقُرَانَ عَلَىٰ جَبَلٍ لَرَأِيتَهُ خَاشِعًا مُتَصَدِّيًا مِنْ خَشْيَةِ اللَّهِ If this book, this Quran was revealed on the mountains, the mountain would have trembled, shaken by that. And look at our own hearts. What happens to us when the Quran is recited? Does it impact our hearts? If not, let's go back and check it out. What is missing? And it's all connected back to our conviction in, in this aqidah of Islam that we believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the creator of the heavens and the earth. We believe in that because we can prove it. We believe in Muhammad as the messenger who brought the message from the creator of the heavens and the earth because we can prove this. It is not something a blind faith. It is by rationale, by the reasoning, we can be convinced with that. And this is what we saw in the life of Umar al-Khattab, a person who was going to kill Muhammad sallallahu but once he is convinced, the very same one who was going to kill Muhammad sallallahu becomes the defender of Islam and the defender of Muhammad sallallahu We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us that strength, give us that, the, the, give us that strength of the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to Umar al-Khattab radiallahu anhu. So we can be confident and unapologetic Muslims who will call not, not only ourselves among the Muslims, but the whole world towards Islam. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment, and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about IslamPodcasts.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at IslamPodcasts.com, as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment, and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about IslamPodcasts.com.